Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. I'm just continuing to shoot. You know, I think um, there were a few shots last game I, I didn't, I could wish I could have back for sure, but this time it's just continue to shoot, be aggressive. You know, I think last year what I would have done probably is kind of second-guess myself and not really, you know, shoot as much this game, but continue to be aggressive. You know, I don't, not shying away from it. And it helps when you have guys that, you know, like Boyan and, and, and Mike and Jeff and, and everybody just saying, keep shooting, you know, not really kind of saying, like, look for me. Like, keep telling me to be, keep being aggressive. You know, I think that's what really helps. Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz getting back at it tonight at home against the Warriors. Man, the Warriors are bad. Three wins. They've gone from the NBA Finals to the worst team. Not even the worst in the West. They are the worst in the NBA. And you're thinking, yeah, but the Knicks are a mess. You know, check the standings. The Warriors' record is worse. They got three wins. You do not want to join the club that includes the Grizzlies, the Blazers, and Saturday night's opponent, the Pelicans. So Jazz trying to take care of business tonight. And I get you might be distracted and you might not have an edge, but they still have NBA guys. I mean, they got low-level NBA guys, but they got NBA hey, guys. Alec Burks is back in town. They got to win this. They do. And they got to beat the Pelicans tomorrow. 11-5. And, and they got a big Eastern road trip that's got some heavyweights on it, starting with Milwaukee right out of the gate. But first things first, the rare home back-to-back. Home Friday night, home Saturday night. And just remember, there's a club, and you don't want to be in it. The Grizzlies are in it, the Blazers are in it, and the Pelicans are in it. Those are the only three teams the Warriors have beaten all year. Jazz tonight, right here on The Zone. Games at 7, pregame at 6. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Giannis 10 to shoot against Tolliver. Backs him down, goes middle, and slams it with the left hand. Drew going to inbound base on right. Get it in the Ingram, two-hand stop. That's way better. Way better. You kidding me? Good night. You kidding me? Way better. <laughs> Coach him up. Coach him up from the headsets. Only two games in the NBA last night. You got Milwaukee taking down Portland, and you got the Pelicans beating the Suns. Uh, the, uh, and, oh, in the Portland game, uh, Damian Lillard was a no-go. So they just put the ball in the hands of C.J. McCollum. And, man, did he rack up a stat line. But they didn't defend. They didn't get any stops, which has kind of been the deal with Portland. McCollum's line was awesome. I mean, he got to take 29 shots. That's, that's a phenomenal amount of shots. He ends up with 37 points and 10 assists. But that's not nearly good enough. And the Bucks win again. The Bucks are off to a great start. They win 80% of their games. They're on like a 65-win pace here. I mean, it's early in the year, but wow. Tearing out of the gates. And then the Suns, that was an awesome start. They've now slipped back to 500, which actually is still an awesome start for them. It's not, as, it's not what they had like a week ago. They've suffered a few losses here and leveled out of 500, and they may drop some more. But for a team that only won 19 games last night, Pelicans pick up the win, 124-121. And curious to see what happens when the Pelicans uh, have everybody. Favors didn't play in that game. He had lower back muscle spasms, so he was out. And they have uh, obviously have got no Zion Williamson here at the start of the season. So 
See how this shakes out for those guys. You got a doubleheader on ESPN tonight if you're uh, channel surfing during the Jazz game. Spurs and Sixers, followed by, ooh, heavyweights in the West. Rockets and Clippers. Clippers don't have a top three record, but Lakers, Rockets, Clippers right now looks like top three. I know Jazz fans and top three, get the seed, get out of the four or five series. I am with you, but right now, if you had to pick who it's going to be at the end of the year, Lakers, Rockets, Clippers. Long way to go. See how it shakes out. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. We need that for a drop, by the way, Yach. Are you kidding me? I'll pull it. That's an awesome drop right there. I mean, we could use it right here. The Utes not only lost to Coastal Carolina, they got blown out. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. 79-57, a 22-point loss. You kidding me? See, that's going to be very useful. The Utes are 3-1, and and if you're having flashbacks, you're not alone. Because I think you can plug this score into last year. You know, they got off to a start last year. Eh, maybe they're going to be okay. Maybe they have something, some young guys, and they get better as the season goes along. And they went down to Fullerton, and they were in a tournament. I think it was the Wooden Tournament. And they got blown out by Northwestern and Hawaii, and they were never the same. Now, maybe it was a mirage. It was early in the year, and it was scheduling. But there was the, at least the illusion, hey, these guys might be good. Let's, let's see if these young guys turn into something. Same thing this year, the 3-0. You know, the win at Nevada, Nevada isn't Nevada from a year or two ago when they were really, really good. They were top of the Mountain West, the NCAA tournament wins. But I still think Nevada's middle of the Mountain West, you know, and Alford's there now, and so we'll see how it shakes out. But still to go on the road and get that in the opener, I thought that was a decent win. And Minnesota from the Big Ten, we'll see where they stack up in the Big Ten. But hey, if you get a Big Ten win, that's going to help your strength of schedule and all that stuff, right? The 3-0, neutral court, and Coastal Carolina, it was close to the half, and Coastal Carolina just blew the thing wide open, and it's like five minutes at the start of the second half. So the Utes are 3-1. Utah State is a perfect 5-0, but here comes the real test. They're in the Jamaica Classic, and the Aggies are playing LSU, and Tony Parks wins. I mean, I don't know if Utah State's going to win or LSU wins, but Tony Parks wins. Tony Parks calling the game for the zone. Tony Parks gets himself a, a trip to Jamaica. Staying in Montego Bay. All right. Tony for the win. Scotty G will be here calling football, of course. And Scotty, good news for you, Scotty. Laramie, Fort Collins, Albuquerque. Yeah. Don't forget Colorado Springs in the winter. Fabulous. Tony Parks, Jamaica. Scotty G, Laramie, Albuquerque, Fort Collins, and Colorado Springs. You want the Jamaica or you want the I-25? I'll take the Jamaica trip, please. Utah legend, Watt Masaka passing away Wednesday, 95 years old. Help establishing Utah basketball as a freshman, helping him win the 1944 NCAA title. 45 and 46, he was in the Armed Forces. 47, he returns to school and helps the Utes win the NIT. That's when the NIT was bigger than the NCAA. But you got one of each, so whatever. Whichever tournament you like, they had them both. And in an age when professional basketball was all white guys, Japanese-American, breaking the color barrier, in the Basketball Association of America, which is, that was what pro basketball was before the two leagues merged and became the NBA. So Watt Masaka, 95 years old. That is a, uh, when you go back to the roots of Utah basketball greatness, you look at those teams in the 40s, and he's right there in the middle of all of it. DJ and PK. 
Hashtag BYU. I mean, we recognize them. I'm glad that um, I think this Isabella kid's not there anymore, so that's good. You know, I see him on Sundays making plays. They still have a lot of good players on their team and, and tons of respect from us, you know, but I know they've gone through coaching change and everything, so I know Walt Bell's in charge now, and Whipple's done a good job before them, you know, so tons of respect for them. We, we know that going into the game, we're going to have to be ready for their best shot, and like I said, they, we have to make sure they get ours. That's it's important for me as a coach, and it's important for our coaching staff and our program and these players, and that's for all the guys that will be making the trip. Well, I think a couple things when I hear that, and one is blah, 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 he's got to talk. It's it's kind of, it's just the deal, and he has to say something, right? We have lots of good players. And he can't say they're 1-10 in 10 and they give up 52 points a game, although both of those things are true. But I do buy into what he said about we have to give them our best shot. They're going to win the game, but you don't want to go out there and stumble around take a bunch of dumb penalties because guys are lining up in illegal formations and jumping offside and, you know, turning the ball over three times, which this is one of the times where I think they can turn over three times and probably win by three touchdowns anyway. But you want to go out there, you want to play well, you want to look good, you want to do your thing. If they can't, if they're not good enough to do their thing, you can't do anything about that now, the game's scheduled. But at least go out there, not just win the game, but look good doing it. Because you want to have a you don't want to be looking over your shoulder going, what is wrong with us when you're trying to prepare for San Diego State? You're going to be playing one of the better teams in the Mountain West to wrap up the season. You got a shot at 8-4, and four, which lines you up for a bowl win in 9-4. and four. So go back there, play well, blow the game open early, and feel good about yourself when you get on the plane and be ready to get ready for San Diego State. Don't go back there and lay some enormous egg and have 100 yards of penalties and three turnovers. Other than that, I got nothing for you because UMass is really, I mean... One and ten. <laughs> Just one note on them. They took Akron down. They showed Akron who was boss. You can have up to 85 scholarship players. They're currently playing with 40 or 45 scholarship players. I think we've talked about UMass for long enough. They're a mess. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Not, not wholesale changes, but, you know, it's still early in the week. We're still, computer reports and all that are still being generated. But, you know, you can't make a wholesale change at that point in the season, but just changing the leadership and maybe a little bit of a, a philosophical change. That's Kyle Winningham talking about Arizona because he fired their defensive coordinator. They just fired their defensive line coach. And I'm not going to say that name. It's not going to happen. Come on. Come on. Apologies your name. Ten letters. Uh, seven vowels. I, I can't do that. The last name. That, so this is actually. Iona. I got his first name. Yeah. Iona. Iona. Let's see. I don't have his first name. Uigalale. What? Uigalale. Uigalale? Yes. Oh, I do have it. Well, I would have never guessed that off the page. But in any case, I let him go. That's a third defensive assistant. I don't know why you don't fire him all at once. It's like, yeah, one guy this week, a couple weeks from now, we'll, we'll let another guy go. They're giving up 37 points a game. Arizona's not UMass bad. But a lot of the same things. Kyle's got to get up there and talk, and he's got to say stuff. And the team can probably go down there and commit a bunch of penalties and turn the ball over and win the game anyway. But you're getting on a roll, getting ready for Oregon. Look good in these last two games. And the Utes, we haven't <laughs> we haven't really seen them push except for Washington. They've been blowing teams off the field. They've been going out there. You're not good enough. You will get our best shot. You don't get a bunch of turnovers. You don't get a bunch of penalties. We're going to go down there and score on four of the first five possessions. And you're going to be in trouble early. And I expect we're going to see more of the same thing. I expect this game's going to look a, a lot more like UCLA and Oregon State than it does USC and Washington. USC and Washington, two eight-win teams, but 
they can play good games, but everybody else in this league, I would really expect the Utes to, to dominate and just blow it open early. 6.30 for the pregame show here on The Zone tomorrow night. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. Well, while BYU and Utah should just be crushing people, the Aggies, high stakes here. 20th-ranked Boise State, division leader coming to town. The Aggies should get the Broncos' best shot because the Broncos know they beat the Aggies. They're going to the conference title game. It's right in front of them. They're going to walk on the field and know they're three hours away. Their only loss is to BYU. Got... Got hit with some big plays, some trick plays, and they bit on them, gave up scores, rallied late, and couldn't get it done. But other than that, they've handled everybody. And the Aggies, we don't know. They're playing their cards close to the vest. Is Jordan Love going to play? Is he going to be 100%? And then even inside a game, you don't know what Jordan Love you're going to get. Just this past week, you know, we saw all three things. The start of the game, two picks, one of them a pick six, bad start. Middle of the game, got the best of Jordan Love. He was slicing and dicing, big plays, throwing the ball down the field. Things were clicking. The crowd was up roaring. Guys are in the end zone celebrating. And then he's running for a first down. He takes a hit. In the last third of the game, he's sitting on the bench, and he's not looking very happy. And he's not trying to throw the ball. So hold your breath for that one. If the Aggies win this, they've still got a, a path here to a share of the division title. Win this, and then win next week in New Mexico. And Boise State Air Force and USU could all sit atop the division at 7-1. and one. Uh, The Broncos already beat the Falcons, and the Falcons already beat the Aggies. Now it's up to the Aggies to close the circle, see if they can take down the Broncos. Late game, that's 8.30. That'll be going on, uh, that starts a half an hour after the Ute game. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So it seems like most of the fun now, whereas it used to be watching other Pac-12 South teams and seeing where the youths fit in the race. Now there's only one other Pac-12 South game to watch, and that's USC and UCLA. And I assume USC is going to win that. They blew it last year. Two and nine UCLA came in and got their third win of the season. I assume that SC will win. They're the better team, having watched both teams, which means the youths have to win out. So that game's on at 1.30 in the afternoon. Other than that, for you Ute fans, it's watching the other one-loss teams. There's eight one-loss teams for one playoff spot right now because the three undefeateds all look like they're set, Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU. So you got eight other teams. Ohio State can knock out Penn State, 10 a.m. on Fox. Give Penn State their second loss. Or Penn State can create the kind of chaos that I think would really slam the door on the Utes. They got, they got a path. They got a sliver. They got this thin chance of how things could work out for them. What you don't need is for an unbeaten like Ohio State or LSU that's got a great rep to get a loss now. If Penn State beats Ohio State, then Penn State's probably going to the conference title game, and Ohio State, like Bama, could be sitting there 11-1. and one. Oh, yeah, we lost one game, but look it, look it, and you got the brand name, and you got the conference, and you got the— Ohio State. Yeah, and, and if that happens, if Baylor and Utah and Oklahoma and Oregon— Thanks for playing, guys. So, you can get up and root for Ohio State at 10 a.m. on Fox, and then USC and UCLA at 1.30. And other than that, eh, Georgia, you know, they got a loss. You'd like to see them get a second loss. Maybe Texas A&M can give that to them. I doubt that. Uh, I think it'll be mostly chalk favorites the rest of the way. This is the first time Texas and Georgia play each other as members of the SEC. This is uh, – that's thank you for that footnote – uh, the primetime game, the Pac-12 getting some exposure, not the exposure they'd like, but the 5.30 time slot on ABC, that's, 
That's pretty good. That's 7.30 in the East. So Oregon can be impressing people in primetime. They're playing Arizona State. And the whole country will see it. It's on ABC. And it's a good TV time. USC-UCLA got the other good TV time at 1.30 because it's two teams in a mega market and they got a rivalry that goes back decades. And I wish the Utes were in that so you could have the Utes and Oregon and everyone could talk about the eyeball test and how good the Utes look. But no. Basically, the way it works for the Pac-12 now, it looks like they're getting two good time slots that you can't complain about. They're rock solid. They're great. They're getting two of the late night games and the country's gone to bed. And then they got two games buried on the Pac-12 network, which no one can see. Those tend to be the last place teams, and I don't worry so much about that. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Here's the snap to Deshaun. Stepping out to the right. Plants. Throwing deep. Got a man wide open. DeAndre Hopkins. Rock and roll. Touchdown, Houston. The Texans are back on top. Second down. Watson gets the snap, and he airs it out deep down the left side. Watch DeAndre Hopkins. And Newt makes the catch for another touchdown. It says here the Houston Texans took control of the AFC South with their 2017 win over the Colts on Thursday Night Football. What am I, Anchorman here? My Will Ferrell? Just put it in front of me and I'll read it. I know there are actually examples where that is true. Let's not debate that. It doesn't reflect well on me. But. I miss they hear wrong. They took the lead, but I don't think they took control. They've split head to head. The Texans have to play the Patriots next week, and the Colts have somebody who's not very good. I think they could be tied again next week. Oh, the Colts have the Titans. Eh, Not a gimme, but a totally winnable game. And so they could be tied again with four to go, and they've split their two game series now head to head. So. To control. They have the edge. I think Houston's going to roll from here. All right, there it is. He's calling it. Doesn't it look like Deshaun Watson? I know he had the injury, but don't we all feel like he should take the jump and join the next generation of dynamic quarterbacks? Mm -hmm. You might not think he's equal to Mahomes, but he's close enough. You may not. uh, Goff, you know, he's been to a Super Bowl now, although this year is kind of a little bit of a setback. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Russell Wilson's a little older than them, but not as old as the Brady Breeze guys. So it feels like he ought to be the next generation. He certainly passed the eye test last night, looking way better than he did against Baltimore two weeks ago. And they're, the Ravens, they got another that rising young quarterback who ought to be dominating the league for another decade or so. Uh, Miles Garrett, his appeal. Upheld indefinite suspension. So six games for this year, plus whatever playoff games, which I just find that hilarious that that keeps getting mentioned. I mean, really? Cleveland's four and six. I mean, mathematically it could happen, but come on, it's Cleveland and they're four and six. It's not going to happen. He alleged that there was a racial slur that ignited the, uh, the incident, and the NFL says they found no such evidence. Somebody, on, somebody else on the field should have heard it. Somebody else, a referee or one of his teammates close enough. So that's out there now. Big games this weekend. Seahawks-Eagles. Cowboys-Patriots. That's going to get a massive ready in the afternoon, isn't it? Everybody's going to be locked down on that game. Cowboys and Patriots at 2.30. And the Sunday night game is the Niners and the Packers. You know they're going to be breaking out some old video there, right? I think we're going to see Steve Young's touchdown pass. You know, he drops back, you're he taking, stumbles. You're taking Yuck back to his childhood. I think we're Let's going go. back 20 years. One of the 90s. Place your bets now. What are the odds they're going to roll that tape? 
The Packers are leading the NFC North at 8-2. The Niners are leading the NFC West at 9-1. So on the one hand, they're battling for the best record and home field advantage, and obviously Lambeau Field and the winner and all that. But neither one of these teams has locked up their division. Green Bay's only a half game in front of Minnesota. The Niners are only a game in front of the Seahawks. So a loss here, and then a late-season division showdown, and you can find yourself in the wild-card round really quick. Green Bay's got to go to Minnesota like the next to last week of the season. And the so, Niners and Seahawks score off the final week of the season. I don't even need to look it up. I got Mr. 49er right here. So that's a huge game Sunday night. So the, the NFL, they're just so good at this. There are no – you look at college football and you'll think, why is that scheduled that way? I mean, I kind of get it, but that doesn't really make sense. But the NFL, all the bad games in the morning, regionalize them so you hit people. It may not be a great game. But most people have some level of passion for one of those morning games. Then you clear the decks mostly in the afternoon. There's really not many afternoon games. But Cowboys-Patriots, and most of the country will see that. And then the Niners and Packers in primetime. Yeah, the NFL. They're brilliant. All right. DJ and PK, that's what is trending. Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690 at Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up through the magic of radio. Patrick Kinahan will join us to talk football. Also coming up, it's the Red and Blue on Friday. Kyle Gunther's here at 8 o'clock. Brian Keel's here at 9 o'clock. Talk Utes and Cougars. David Locke at 8.30 with the Jazz home for a couple of games this weekend. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.